ride with me in my foul life. So we ended the first talk with the question I was going to ask you. I asked you to do some homework and figure out how we answer this because I want to be able to tell people like I was I was using that loudmouth when we were messing around blowing at my wall yesterday. You know, we have this mural here on the studio of all these mallard ducks coming down through the trees in Prairie Wings, Arkansas, down by Stuttgart, which again we're very humbled to be able to hunt. Thank you, Brandon and Joel and Todd and Brian for always inviting us with open arms. But we're calling at it and I'm using the loudmouth. Chris was using the small talk and I love that loudmouth, but I'm not the world's best duck caller, but I'm a little bit proficient on a duck call. Can you at least give me that, Cifrio? No, don't say great. Great. I'm 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 average above maybe a little bit below the Mendoza line. No, you're good. Okay. So let's say I'm okay. I love the loudmouth. But when somebody says, Well, what call would you buy? Let's say once they got enough money saved up to buy one call. Of course it depends on where they're hunting. Mm -hmm. Or does it depend on their talent level? What do you tell somebody? They say, okay, I want to buy one single read. Are your choice is the loud mouth or the small talk. What's the difference? The difference is, is application again, where you're hunting at. That's really what it comes down to. You, are you hunting an open place? Or are you hunting a place that's really tight and you need to get real soft on it? Uh, the loud mouth will get extremely loud. You like the loud mouth, in my opinion, because you can lean on it. You, you really can lean on it a lot without breaking it over. Get that loud duck, that loud boss in. Get that hard feed chatter. And you can also do that on the small talk, but the small talk, the volume level is, you know, a tad bit lower. So if a guy's picking out a call, for one thing, I'm going to push a guy to a small talk. If a guy's in... Uh, you know, not an advanced caller and a caller that's basically what I consider, you know, a weekend hunter that still can run a call, can run a single read, but wants a call that can do it all. I'm going to, you know, convince them to get a small talk. That's what my opinion on, you know, that would be as far as, you know, as a small talk. I tend to lean towards the small talk when I pick up a call. And the reason why is because I like finesse. I like the bottom end. The small talk has a little bit more finesse on the bottom end than a loud mouth does. And, you know, you can still get those loud boss hens, but it's not going to be the volume level is going to be lower. So if you're on open water and you're not hunting a tight spot and you're really hunting traffic, birds that are basically migrating, and you're having to yell at them, the loud mouth all the way. So are you saying though that on the small talk you can stand on it still and still get loud and break ducks down that are high you can lean on it and you're not going to crack it over you know you're not going to you know crack that call over to where it it cuts out on you that's what's so good about all of our calls is they you know you can lean on real hard and they won't crack over and lock down on you but the loud mouth out of all of them you can really get that real loud bark you can bark on that call you can, you know, do a loud boss hen, a real aggressive boss hen. But you can also come down and get low on the bottom end too. You just can't get all the finesse out of that call like you can a small talk. Small talk has a smaller exhaust. It's, you know, broken down a little bit, you know, more as far as tighter to where it will give you that back pressure to where you can whine on it. You, you can, you know, get those soft, soft quacks on it. So 
It's quite a bit smaller as far as the inside diameter of the bore goes as it opens up towards the end of the insert. I'm looking at a small talk compared to a loudmouth right now. Is that how important are the tolerances when it comes to that borehole? Extremely important. I can tell you this. I went through them. You know, again, building the call, I constantly changed that, you know, making little adjustments here and there and there and there. And actually, um, you know, I've come up with the exhaust. That exhaust has been in effect about six or seven years uh, that I'd, I'd come up with it on a, on a uh, prototype. And I grabbed that exhaust. I was, I was, you know, going through a bunch of different exhausts, trying to find the exact one, which would be the best. And I took that one and cut it because I had that program on my machine. And I cut it, and it just came out right. But as soon as I blew it, I knew that it was the one. And that's why, you know, it kind of, hence the small small talk came about because it it had a, a really a loud sound, but it was making small talk with the duck, being able to communicate with the duck and give it all the vocabulary that a duck can possibly do, or that a duck possibly does, I say, and be able to communicate with them. So, um, again, if I had to pick one, it would be the small talk, but I'm not going to, I'm not going to, you know, cause I know you and clay love that loud mouth and I'm not going to, I love the small talk too, but the loud mouth is a badass duck call. It is. Now, is. if you, do you ask the consumer like how technical, how advanced, how experienced are you with the single read duck call? Yeah. And is that, do, do you automatically, if they say, well, I'm not that advanced. I don't have a lot of experience, but I do want to do it, use a single read cause I want to really practice so a year from now I don't have any bad habits because I feel that you can develop bad habits on a on a double read call or a read a and a half because it's a crutch and it, and it allows it for it's a lot more forgiving than a single read it right is. so if you're if, if they say I want to stay with the single read and you figure out what their talent level is that's you're going to go to the small talk too because it's easier to control where the bore and, and the rattleness and the in the looseness of the loud mouth is a little bit harder for a r- rookie or a beginner duck caller to blow as far as a single read goes because you have to apply more back pressure you have to be in control of the call more control. it's kind of like a corvette to an escort if you don't really know how to drive a car you don't want to get in a corvette is it fair to say is the loud mouth a corvette and the and the the small talk is a sports car still but just not as fast as the corvette yeah i mean that's a good analogy of it i mean that's exactly what i would say you know the the loud mouth is going to have to have a little more control you have to be a little more advanced on the call and then of course the small talk is for a guy that basically wants to learn a single read you know or knows a single read and you know wants something with more back pressure for forgiveness back pressure is forgiveness you know hold you know you got to have that perfect balance of hold in the call our calls have about a medium hold it's not, you know, a lot, a lot of hold in the call, uh, and which is good because hold is a fine line on hold to where you can stick your call. So we, we got that somewhat medium to, to tight hold in between in there and the perfect balance to where you have that back pressure, you have that hold, and that's what the small talk. Now, the, the loud mouth is going to have a little less hold in it, and it's going to have a little less back pressure to where, you know, again, you got to be a little more advanced to run that call that's uh it's good to know that though that somebody can work towards that they start with a small talk and get all of that you know they they really hone their skills and then you get to advance a little bit you can tell the difference when you hold a loud mouth in your hand absolutely 
on, on, in the air application in the way that you have to really be on top of it. It's, it's less forgiving than a small talk. A small talk is way more forgiving in the single read department, in my opinion, because of that bore size, there's less air to work with. You got to understand that when you're blowing a duck call, the, the distance between the way, the where that air enters the call in that barrel and to that read where that tone board is, isn't very far. And it's not very far from when the sound hits that and travels out of the call. So everything's happening, boom, minute, minuscules a second, right? You got to be thinking like an athlete, like we talked about before, two or three steps ahead. And you're getting all those different ducks, as you call them, the fine, the co- the coarse, the raspy, and the boss. When you're getting those ducks, you got to be thinking like, what's next? What am I hitting next? Get my tongue in position. Get my jaw in position. Get my mouth in position. Get my fatty tissues in my mouth. Get my hand in position. The fatty tissues in the palm of my hand and bouncing that sound off of it. Point the call up. Point the call down into my hand. Open a couple fingers. Flap it a little bit. Whatever it is, you got to be thinking like an athlete two or three steps ahead. So when it's a less forgiving call like the loud mouth, you have something to work towards. You start with the small talk and you hone your skills and you master that. And now all of a sudden a year later... I'm going to go back online, jargongamecalls.com, order a loudmouth. At that time, you're like, man, they got a short barrel now. They got a competition call. And that's how duck callers are. They get the next yeah. one and the next one. They might get them in different color combinations. They might call in and get it personally engraved with their name on it or their birth date or their dog's name or whatever. They might get something written on the band or engraved on the band. So that's cool to hear. You know, you would say you're, day, you're uh, as the owner and the designer of these calls, the, one of the founders of Jargon, you're saying your go-to on a daily basis on your lanyard is going to be the small talk, but you're mainly a timber hunter. You hunt big water, but, you know, you're probably going to change your tone a little bit. But if I'm in the timber and the wind's blowing, you know, 90 to nothing, you know, 25 miles per hour in the timber, which is, you know, really, really quick, too, a little too fast as far as on the wind. But that being said, I'm going to lean over. I'm going to grab the, the loudmouth. You know, because it's going to be other carry feather. So, you know, again, I think they complement each other. They really do. A guy that really wants to have, you know, the best of both worlds should have a small talk and a loud mouth on Leonard. And, you know, I know we don't talk about the icebreaker, but the icebreaker is a extremely good call. And for a guy that does not want to really spend extreme amount of time on a duck call practicing day in and day out and you know again he just comes in a hunting season he's you know he's still passionate about duck hunting but he's just hey look you know i want a a duck call that i don't have to think about it i can just pick it up i can let it rip the icebreaker's there all the way i mean it is would you hunt with it absolutely really you'll absolutely you'll go hunt timber with a double read absolutely you don't feel like lesser of a man no you don't feel like lesser of a duck hunter because it doesn't sound any different than the single read it, it really doesn't. But it's way more forgiving, right? Way more forgiving. We know our double read is a read and a half. I'm sure there's some companies that's that's done it before, but, you know, I basically was in the shop. I started cutting reads, and I took the double read, and I said, let me see. You know, I don't want that as much pressure in it because it gives you a little less pressure, and it gives you that ability to be able to sound like a single read duck call to get more ducks out of that double read by having that read and a half. That's what's so cool about that read and a half is, you know, the object of, of, of a, a double read, putting a read on top is, is whenever you push air into it, it's actually supposed to, that double read is supposed to push that read back down. So the balance is there and the forgiveness is even more. And plus what it'll do when you say that a, one more time, I want to hear that one more time. The, 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 
the meaning or the usage of that top read is to push that bottom read back yes. down clear? It's, it's to be that. stiffer. It's basically to be this stiffer. This is for a double read or a read and a half? That's for a read and a half, for, for a double read. You know, so a double read, you know, normally a double read is, uh, I'd have to look it up, but it's probably about an inch and a quarter long. Um, and then, of course, you have your regular standard read. So as far as, you know, the way it's applied is on a normal double read is, is you have your read that sits on top, and it actually, when you push air into it, it'll actually crack over or pick the air, pick the read up and slap against the tone board, and it'll slap it down and push it down that much quicker. And it gives you that back pressure, you know, so that response time. Whenever you push air into it, it'll come back at you, come back at you. That's what a double read, and plus it, by putting that read on top, you will get a lot more raspiness out of it without having to fog a window and blow hot air into it. You can blow straight, hand me one of those double reads right there, but you can blow straight cold air into it. That's straight cold air and you're getting a raspiness. Then you take and you blow the hot air and it's even that much better. That's why I said I would not have any kind of complaints as far as on, you know, blowing a double read day in and day out. I mean, it's a great call. But we came up with a read and a half, and the reason why is because I just didn't find that having that length of read, that length of the top read, uh, I didn't find it needed to be that long. And so I started trimming off of it, started trimming slowly, 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 and I found that happy medium where it needed to be. And some of the drawbacks of having a double read historically is that it sounds like a double read. And so on the read and a half, you know, it gives it that single read sound. So you're still getting a single read sound out of it versus, you know, having that double read sound out of it and kind of somewhat distorted. So. And one thing about it normally on a double read too is, is the fee call. The fee call on a double read tends to be a little harder. That's why people will go ticka, 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 ticka versus ka, 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 ka. So on this double read, on the one that we designed, the, the icebreaker, you can blow into it and you can actually hear and, and do a ka, 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 and get a really good feed out of it. And it's got rattle on it. <laughs> So you can hear that it 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 sounds just like a duck. And that's a double read. That's a double or read. Or you call it a read and a half, but I'm holding one here too. And why, what doesn't it do that the loud mouth and the small talk will do? If it sounds that good and that much like a single read and it sounds that mallardly, what won't it do? The biggest thing with a double read is, is that, or double read, is that you won't have nearly the the power that you can achieve with the loud mouth the small talk and the icebreaker are very very similar in loudness and so in volume but the the one thing i can say about the double read is is that i think the biggest difference is it has a little more of a fine you can get a fine you can get a coarse you can get a raspy out of it but it's, it tends to be more like young ducks 
in my opinion. It sounds more like young ducks. Can, is your ear trained enough to where if you're 50 yards from a hole and you hear somebody, can you say that's a single read or a double read? If they're blowing a traditional double read, yes. Not this one, though? No. So you wouldn't have any qualms about it of telling, qualms about it of telling somebody you'll love our read and half. No, I mean, normally what I'll do is actually I'll take this double read and I'll put it in my bag. And if I got a guy that's learning how to duck hunt because I love teaching, I'm going to have one in the bag. And I'm going to say, hey, man, blow this this morning. Because he's going to sound good on it. Every person I've come across that's blown one of our calls that really don't have any kind of history in duck calling at all, they blow it and they sound really, really good on it. They might not be able to, you know, get those, you know, uh, hunting style hills or anything like that and they might do some ticka 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 you know normally a guy that's basically gets on a call for the first time they don't they don't use that pressure they don't know how to do that pressure on a call that you pop it just <laughs> they all usually go <laughs> and so they don't start that read and stop that read but that's fine you know the biggest thing is is in, in my opinion is trying to make a call that's user friendly that the average Joe guy, because there's some people that are not crazy, crazy, crazy about calling every single day. They don't go around the house and aggravate their wives or whatnot. A lot of people do, but there's still guys that basically, you know, are fishing or whatnot during the summertime, and they don't have a lot of time to practice on a duck call. So having a duck call that is forgiving, those guys can pick up this duck call, go hunting, and not have to worry about practicing day in and day out and really learning to call so if you're gonna if you're going to let's say a guy has all three of our calls on his lanyard the loud mouth the small talk and the icebreaker is there any instance in a hunt that you would ever go to a double read before you pick up the small talk let's say you can control them all i know the loud mouth we already went over it's a little bit harder to control even though it has a lot of built-in duck in it would you ever grab that icebreaker for any instance or anything that's going to happen during that hunt? The only way, the only way that I would, I mean, I have no, you know, cons as far as on basically blowing a double read, but the, the only time I'd ever pick it up is if I'd been hunting for five or six days and I'm just tired. I'm just wore out because I don't have to think about it as much. That's when I would use it, and that's when I would tell somebody else that, you know, hey, look, why don't you try this double read out? Or somebody's in the hole, and they're just not sounding good on a single read. <laughs> you know, uh, I might do that. You, uh, might, you might be like, hey, try this yeah, one. Yeah, I mean, there's been times. You've I'll done walk, that to me before. Well, no, there's been times I walk up to somebody and be like, hey, can I pull your read out just a little bit? Because <laughs> the whole time is dee, 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 and there's no rasp to it because they're not opening their throat. But, you know, um, I love getting in the hole while we're sitting there the camaraderie and everything is going on and and talking to people and basically talking about duck calls and and i'm not a professional at it you know i don't blow competitions or anything like that i just i never got into it i like building duck calls like manufacturing i like the changes i like building new things and so what i really like to do is, is when i'm in a hole i like to get with that guy that maybe wants to learn you know because as long as you're humble, you know, you can always learn something, something else from somebody else. I mean, I do. You know, there's guys that I get in the hole with and, hey, look, how'd you do that, man? You know, and I'll learn from them because there's, there's so many different, there's so much, there's so broad of a vocabulary that the ducks use. You know, there's different things that are involved in 
I think the ducks are kind of evolving. I mean, like the tree frog, you know, you know, a lot of people never heard that before. You know, guy, uh, good friend, Jonathan Morton with echo calls. He told me about it. You know, we talked about that before the ducks are competing. He said he used to work at a mallard farm and the ducks, he throw feed out on the ground. And they'd be competing on, and they'd be hopping over the top of each other. And and Jonathan's amazing on on doing that. He really is. I mean, he's perfected it. But you know, again, the vocabulary. And we were talking jargon right there. So, you know, I love teaching. I love people to you know get on one of our calls, and and get proficient with it, and and learn it to the fullest because at the end of the day like I said you know I don't know if everybody's like me but I'm not going to leave my duck calls at home I'm, or accidentally leave my duck calls at home I might accidentally leave my shotgun but I'm, I still love to shoot them I love to shoot a shotgun but I like working them I like seeing them come through the trees and then saying that's the best part about duck it is the dog's cool I love it I love being with your dog and your buddies and all that but just the the I guess just the association and the interaction that the human being has with a wild duck and the conversation that you're having and being able to get them at 30 yards, but saying, I'm going to let them go one more pass. Cause you might lose them. You right. might lose that group, but if you get them and they're at 10 yards and you see them like with their necks bowed out, looking for a place to land on that water and back flapping their wings with their big orange feet down. I don't know if there's anything better in hunting. I mean, I get, I, the, the, you know, the, the ghost of the woods, the whitetail coming in 180, 165 inch buck and you're an archery hunter. That's powerful. I know that it can shake you up, but to be able to have the amount of ducks do it every year that we get to see from Canada to the Dakotas, the, the, every flyway that we have, we get to experience it quite a few times humbly humbling it humbles us that we get to do it so much in in the livelihood or the the profession that we're in and it still smokes me and destroys me every time i think the reason why it it, you know basically just blindsides me and and makes me just love it so much is that those ducks are here today and going tomorrow yeah migrate and they migrate you know you can't figure them out yeah, you can figure them out for one day, but I guarantee you, as soon as you think you figured them out, you'll go in there and they'll throw you a curveball because they always do. And that's what I love about it is, you know, flight birds. And I like hunting. You know, I grew up hunting traffic, you know, in Louisiana, off the Mississippi River, hunting traffic, hunting these big flocks of mallards that would come over. They weren't coming in there to eat. They really weren't coming in there to rest. They were just migrating. And we stopped their there's, migration. There's nothing better in duck hunting than a migrator day and cutting them I off. I mean, and it's they, awesome. And working them from, and I, I've been at places like up at Grand Pass, up by Kansas City. Yeah. And there's a little private airport close to there. You see, you hear some planes taking off, and then there's this jet taking off, and you look up, and it's just a silver streak, and you're like, lay back. Oh my gosh. <laughs> and they're just letting it out, and there's, and it's 50 of them. And the next thing you know, you're working, and boom, they're in the decoys. Kill four or five of them. Yeah. Wait five minutes. It's a migrator day. And yeah. It doesn't happen very often, but when it does, man, it's like one of the best spectacles in all of life. Even your is. kid being born. Oh, I'm, I'm, I'm going on record as saying it. <laughs> I'm going on record as saying it. You would rather be in the delivery room watching your kid get born than watching the 50 mallards on a migrator day hit the decoys? Chris, come on. 
I'd what do you got? I'd rather have my kid with me. Oh, nice political <laughs> answer. But <laughs> nice political. I'm just messing around. But dude, I'm telling you, when they let it out and they, it's like they put their wings back and they put their breastplate out in front of them. And if you ever seen Superman fly, he gets that chest out there and that cape's back, and that's exactly what those ducks are doing. Just. And it's just like a rocket, man. Just a kamikaze coming down out of the atmosphere. I, they might have just flown freaking 800 miles. I know. And they see that water. I like hunting them on water on a migrator day. Yeah. I'm not saying you can't get them over dry land, but they're looking for water. They are. They're parched. They're thirsty. They need to get in the water. They want to rest. They rest on water. They sleep on water. Not to say that they won't go into a snow-covered cornfield and rest, but ducks are looking for water on a migrator day. I think geese are as well. Not to say that you're not going to decoy them into a field on a migrator day. I've done that. But I'd love doing it over water more, especially with mallard ducks. Oh yeah, and that just you know that that whole experience of a migrator day, you're just like, see migrator day. That's a that's jargon. Like people in deer yeah. hunting, they might not. There's a migration, I guess, from the wintering range back to the summer range and all of that. You know, deer migrate. Why wild animals migrate? But it's truly a, a thing for wild ducks and wild geese. They migrate from way up north to the southern part of America. Some into Mexico. There's ducks doing it from Brazil down into Argentina. They migrate in the wintertime down there in June, you know, May, June, July. It's just a spectacle, man, to see it. When you see flight ducks and you can break them down. It's well, you take a guy that's never been hunting before. I took my two little girls, you know, they had never been hunting before. I put them in a hole. There was migrators coming. And as soon as daylight hit, here comes these just die bombing in the hole. They'd never been before. And both, all their eyes were just lit up. Oh my God, this is awesome, you know. And they didn't have to kill anything. No, it neither, wasn't about neither, that. Neither do I now. And now they're addicted. They are absolutely It'll addicted. Now. It just takes a person. That's why it's so important when you're bringing a newcomer, or a lady, or a man, or a kid, or whatever. You want to put them on some confidence. On you, you don't do. want to spoil them. Right. But if they get to see something that special. And, and I love it because you talk about a newcomer and then somebody like me that I haven't been doing it my whole life. I started duck hunting in 97, 98. And then you got somebody like you that's probably been hunting ducks since you were five. A lot of people that, that grew up in the duck woods. I'm from Nevada. We, we got some ducks, but we're not a duck hunting state per se. We're more of a, a sheep state, a mule deer state, antelope state, stuff like that, a Rocky Mountain elk state. We have some ducks. I'm not saying that the hunting sucks here, but not anywhere like arkansas does or missouri or washington or idaho or california minnesota there's so many more ducks in those states than we have our prime here we probably got eighty thousand ducks you know in, in the places to hunt around here which is it's quite a few ducks but it's nothing like having millions around the area or five hundred thousand. but i think that what's so cool about it is you talk about bringing a newcomer like that and then you have somebody like for instance we're in at honey break in louisiana you know honey break down there yeah. drew keith and all the guys unbelievable place and it was right it was it happened twice in the last three years to where stuttgart froze there was a time not last year but the year before to where there was like three freezes in, in stuttgart and the year before there was one really hammer freeze mm -hmm. to where you couldn't even you could walk on the ice in the woods ducks aren't going in the woods when there's ice no they might go in a rice field to eat and you know keep a hole open but they're migrating out of there so when we knew that we left arkansas we went down to honey break we were already scheduled to do it but we're leaving right when it's freezing i'm talking with brandon the guys he's like it's it's not good up here i mean we're trying to keep the holes open but even when there's a little hole of open water in the woods and the rest of it's froze those ducks are real yeah, weird. They're, I mean, they're just like oh that ain't right that ain't right <laughs> and i look at my watch and i asked drew keith and, and christian curtis i said how long would it take a mallard duck to fly from stuttgart to honey break i asked them that on film and they went 
two hours probably. Yeah. I said, we're going to kill them at 10 or 10, 15. Just messing around, you know. If it happens, I look like a genius. If it doesn't, I just look like another guy blowing smoke up somebody's ass. It happened. All of a sudden, and it look up, and all them ducks that we were chasing in Arkansas two days before, now we're decoying them. And I'm talking decoying them in block, you know, sets of decoys that were probably, I'm going to say 30 dozen, 30 to 50 dozen is what they run in those blinds. And, 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 and I might be exaggerating a little bit, but no, not much. Right. Yeah. And, and Louisiana, you're from there. And we're lighting groups of 50 to 100 mallards at a time with they're some hungry. with some sprig mixed in. They're hungry. They're starving. Mm-hmm. Flew, flew, flew the last couple hours getting out of Arkansas, and now they're coming down to eat that rice at Honey Break. And we're like, wow, what a cool lifestyle. We just were hunting these in Arkansas, and now they're landing in our decoys. It took us seven hours to drive here, and it took them a couple hours to fly here, which is a good bit of time to fly. Yeah when it's cold and you ain't got you're not in a you know a pressurized airplane i mean those ducks were cold they were hungry and they did it so pretty it was sunny windy and just i'm talking like lights out and i look at drew keith which is one of the coolest guys in the duck hunting industry the ceo of honey break and he goes god almighty (laughs) he doesn't say god he says god god almighty and i'm like oh my gosh it's really happening we're in Louisiana. And here's what happens is that it ends up getting so cold and that, that cold snap comes down, that pressure system comes down through that part of northern central Louisiana. You know, they're probably like an hour and a half or two hours south of Monroe. And it froze down there. We're putting ice eaters in in Louisiana. It had been the first time we used ice eaters besides that at freeze in Arkansas all season. It was warmer up north than it was in Louisiana. And we were, we were putting ice eaters in to keep holes open in Louisiana. And you talk about power. When you get a group of 100 green wing teal in Louisiana when it ices up and they got nowhere further south to go, and they're hitting those ice holes being kept open by those Mallard View ice eaters, you talk about magic. You get them in a ball. You know what a teal ball oh, is. Yeah. Oh, my gosh. You, gotta, you just got to shoot once. I know. It's, it's, but that's what Honey Break was the last two times I've been there. Freezes in Arkansas, migrating Mallards, smashing them calling them until their toenails are scraping the water they're just putting little ripples in the water and then you call them the first 10 are already sitting down and they got 40 more behind them lighting right in the decoys beautiful killed a couple bands ate like kings the migration migrator days i'm talking absolutely unbelievable um talk to me a little bit about controlling a duck call what is the most important part of the human body that helps us control a duck call is it our lips is it our teeth? Is it our tongue? Is it the way we shape our tongue? Is it our hand? What is the most important part or is they all, are they all equal? And you got to learn how to use all those body parts in conjunction. I want you to answer that. And then I want you to do demonstrate a little bit. I want you to face that way with the audio. And, and, and I want you to hit the loud mouth a little bit. Then I want you to hit the small talk a little bit and just show me some control of the call coming down off of a cadence or a greeter and knowing that the ducks aren't doing what you think they're, they need to do. So you hit them again. Or, you know, another duck on the water hits them because they heard this hen mallard do it. A lot of times you do that and you hear the hen mallard in the air do it. And she answers back. Mm-hmm. And then you hit it. Yeah. And that's the bet. Oh, man, oh, yeah. I just got. You know, I just fixing to do it, man. I just made myself happy thinking about that and talking <laughs> about. But think about, I want you to answer that. Like, what's the most important part? What is? What can we master as a human? What do we concentrate on the most? Is it learning how to flap our hand? Do you have to flap your hand or is no. that all for show? Talk to me a little bit about the nuances and the things that people do with the duck call and what parts of the human body are the most important of making your duck call apparatus, your, your, you know, your, your, your duck caller 
sound the best or are they all equal and they all go and work in conjunction with each other no the i think the most important thing on the human body as far as when you're blowing a duck call is is going to be your throat it's going to come down to your throat opening and closing your throat you know if you if you can't open your throat you're not going to get real raspy on the call a lot of guys you hear blowing into a call their their throats closed down they're not opening it up they're not fogging that window and uh you know you can still blow you can still call like that but you're going to sound real high pitched your quacks are going to be there's not going to be a lot of duck to it when you fog a window that's where you get that voice that's where you get that duck that comes out of that call hand placement you can literally take your hand and just hold the call and open your hand completely up and blow into it and if a call's tuned right you can get it to make duck sounds out of it but everything comes together when you use your hand when you use your throat when you use your not your tongue but basically your mouth you know position where the call is on your lips you know pinching it down or so forth i see a lot of guys that from one from one basically thing i tell them which is to take their mouth and actually cover the call their calling goes from okay to extreme just a huge change it goes from maybe a fine real fine hen loud pitch you know duck to getting real you know raspy and, and getting actually you know that voice out of it so hand position throat uh fog in a window using your diaphragm you know all that comes in you know into play whenever you're trying to manipulate a duck call because that's what you're doing you're manipulating the duck call back and forth for these different sounds you know closing your hand off closing your throat off opening your throat off throat up you know slowing your air down speeding your air up you know putting a lot of pressure in it you know all that stuff comes hand in hand as far as to come together to get all these different sounds so what i tell people is again is that you know the first thing you got to do is is you know learn how to open your throat once you learn how to open your throat and you know how to close your throat down your duck calling will go from okay to just extreme i mean just a huge change i think that's the biggest problem i have in duck calling is that i call with too much of a closed throat i don't know if you can hear it in my calling but i feel like i'm constricting my airflow a little bit i'm not grunting but i think that i can do a better job of instead of I don't know if that makes sense to you or not, but I feel like a lot of the times I'm, when you're looking at me and telling me and hurting my feelings that I suck at duck calling, <laughs> it's probably a lot to do with my throat. I think you hit no. it head on right there. You don't think so? No. You're a great duck caller. Great duck caller. Again, we always have, you know, places to improve just like I do. Um, sometimes I get on a duck call and I, I try to push it too hard and just run through it and make those sounds extremely quick through the call. I, I tell myself all the time I need to slow down. Because if you slow down, what will happen is, is you're going to sound more realistic. You're very quick on a call, extremely quick. Your feet calls, I can't even do my tongue that fast. I think the main thing is, is you sound real good on fast. You can speed up, but it's a matter of just slowing down a little bit. And that's what I try to tend to do. When I do a boss hen, I'm slowing my air presentation down. I'm opening my throat. I'm getting that perfect air. And I'm getting more ducks out of the call by doing that. So, you know, again, 
if I had to say it, everything comes together, everything comes into play when you're blowing a duck call. And the best thing to do is, is to get in front of the mirror. If you want to learn how to open your hands and close them, that's what I did to get that rhythm down, get in front of the mirror and blow at the mirror. Really? Yeah. And then another thing too, which we, we taught your, uh, your friend's son over there in, in St. Louis, Missouri, yeah. is take the call. If you don't think you're fogging a window, take the call, take the barrel, the insert completely off the call and put it up against the window, you know, about say an inch from it and try to fog that window when you're blowing those cadences or a quack into it. You'll see that, that, you know, that glass mirror or whatnot fog up. And you know you're blowing that hot air versus cold air. Cold air, if you go up to a window and you just blow straight air, what is it going to do? It's not going to, yeah, it might fog up a little bit if it's cold outside. But if you really blow hot air, it's going to be straight up the mirror. Another thing that I've seen done is you take a piece of Kleenex or a napkin yep. on a flat table. Yep. And you, if you apply the, the air the correct way that you would into a duck call or a goose call or an elk bugle or a predator call, if you apply the air to that napkin the correct way that napkin might flutter a tiny, tiny bit, but it will not move across that table. Yep. If you blow with that napkin, it goes flying like a paper airplane. So it's more like, and you're, you know, you're kind of like vibrating your vocal cords. So in the call, in the back of a call, it sounds like, blowing is, and when you blow on that napkin, it goes shooting off the table. Like if you're blowing out, like you're like you're almost 50, 55 years old, so you'd have a lot of birthday candles on your cake, right? <laughs> you'd have to blow really hard at those candles. So you'd get a big breath in and blow and blow them out. If you blew at those candles like you would in a duck call, you probably wouldn't blow any of them out. Right. They'd probably all stay ignited, right? So that's another thing to keep in mind is that people will pick up a call and blow into it and they lose all that tone and that pitch because they're blowing too much air through that call where you're saying slow down and get that throat and that air pressure and the vibration of your vocal cords and your larynx and, and you know, heating up that window or fogging up that window or, you know, cleaning your sunglasses off. <laughs> or when you're a kid on a winter day, you'd fog up your mom's window and write your name in it backwards or write a message to the car that's parked, you know, stopped at a stoplight next to you. If there's a hot girl in the back, you know, you're 13 years old and you just write, hey, I love you. Or what are you doing over there? You know, remember when you were a kid, you used to do crazy stuff like I, that. I didn't do that, Chad. I did. <laughs> you never saw a cute girl in a, <laughs> in a station wagon and been like fogging the window and writing stuff like a heart to her? Maybe not a station wagon. Maybe a like the, the, the van or something. Really? I grew up the at. Griswold Mobile? Yeah. Look, kids, Big Ben, Parliament. Unless you don't want to see the world's largest ball of twine, which is only four short hours away. You don't remember the movie Vacation? I don't. We're going to have to do movie lines all day with you. But if you think about, um, you know, your throat and the way that that air is getting to the call and how fast that air gets into the call and leaves the call, it's minute, man. It's like hitting a fastball. You only got a couple milliseconds to think about it. Pick up the pitch, pick up the spin on the ball, the rotation, the stitching, whatever it is. Is it a slider? Is it a changeup? Is it a fastball? Is it a forcing fastball? Is it a cut fastball? A baseball batter, that's the hardest thing to do scientifically proven in sports is to hit a baseball. And you only have to do it three out of ten times to be considered an all-star. Think about that. That's not yeah. a very good success rate. In baseball, it is because it's so freaking hard. So in duck calling, your success rate is probably less than that. How many times do you go out in a season? Do you bat 30% for the season where if you go out 100 times, you mash them 30? Or you go out 10 times and you mash them three? It's hard to really get in on good hunts. So right. when they do present that opportunity, you've got to take advantage of it and capitalize on it. 
Right. The ducks are being ducks today. It's sunny. It's windy. It's cold. You can feel it in the air. It's a nice winter morning or winter. Like I like to hunt them from 11 to two. You know, I like that midday stuff, man. When they're hunting yeah. that, when that, that thaw or they're coming, you know, they're coming into that cruising. area, they're cruising, whatever. My, that's usually when you're going to catch migrators too is later on. Mm-hmm. They're not going to be migrating at eight in the morning. You know, I mean, maybe they will. I'm not a biologist, but you think about it. There's there, you just have, you have to capitalize on those days and the sound just like a mallard duck is so special. It brings so much to the hunt. And that's what I want you to do. I just want you to demonstrate real quick on your finesse, on your control. You can get a couple quick ones in there. I want you to show, and I don't know if we'll be able to hear it over the, the uh, podcast system the, as far as the different tones, but just I just want to talk about speed and control, different ducks, different cadences, and, and mix in some of the fine, the coarse, the raspy, and the boss, and hopefully we can hear it. But just turn I'm that. I'm going to blow this double read too. So. You're going to blow the double read, and then here is a... Here's a small talk, which is a single read, and here is a loud mouth, which is our other single read, open bore. So let's start with the double read, and let's just mess around a little bit. You, I, I'm not gonna, I'm not gonna call right now. Turn a little bit more. There you go, right there, and just, just hit a couple cadences. I'm gonna open my throat up a little more and get it a little more raspy. And that's the cool thing about the double read is, I mean, it, it is versatile. That's that. When you said, I'm going to open up my throat, you could tell how, you could automatically identify the more rasp in it. Yeah. Heartbeat. And you could open up your throat on the feet call too. So on a feet call, I can keep it real tight. And then I can get a raspy. Raspiness is for getting, you know, opening my throat up, closing it down, opening my throat up. And that's all you're trying to do is, you know, all the ducks that are coming in as far as in a group of ducks, not all of them are the same age. So in a raft of ducks, you're trying to sound like a raft. Every other duck has a different voice, in my opinion. Yeah, there's some of them that are similar, but they all have their unique sound to it. So to sound like a raft of ducks, you want to sound like different ducks. Not just throw out that same old, you ever watch uh, Walk the Line where he's like the same old song, just like this. Well, you don't want to do that as far as when you're duck hunting. You want to sound like a bunch of different ducks. So throw all kinds of different stuff at them. Read the ducks. Watch what they're doing. Watch their wingtips. Their wingtips are going to tell you everything. You know, so, you know, going, going back and forth, if I'm calling ducks, you know, and, and say they're right on the treetops, I'm gonna start getting ducky with them. They start getting a little closer, start looking like they're gonna go ahead and lock up. that hiccup that sounds good that hiccup i like that hiccup good. call on the bottom end i finished a lot of ducks by that doing that hiccup as soon as they fixing to make that turn and they get lined up with the hole i'll start hiccuping at them and maybe throw a, a couple feed calls in just just you know some bottle single single feeds 
Then you can, you know, throw a quack because I feel like that hiccup call is a confidence call to make them, they'll get on the water, get on over, to, over the top of the decoys, and they'll just find a place. It's almost like, hey guys, y'all sit down. Y'all sit down. Look, take a seat. That's, that's kind of what that hiccup call, in my opinion. And I can't, t- I can't attest to say, hey, that, was, that came up for me. That's from watching tons of Freddie King and Echo Calls videos. You know, they would do that hiccup call. Ick, 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 and just let them come in and, and, and find a spot on the water. And by doing that, I mean, you'd be amazed. It's, it's kind of like a confidence call. They just they feel comfortable coming to it. I find that ducks, when they're doing that, when they're doing that little hiccup, they're picking their wings. They just land in the water, and they're picking their wings. They're getting their wings back right, and you'll see them, that old mallet drake, kind of raise up in the water, fluff his wings one time, and then come back down and stroke his head. He'll take that head, and he'll bob it, you know? He's putting on that James Dean jacket, that Fonzie jacket. <laughs> That's what he's doing. It is true, strutting. like a wood duck. You like know? a turkey does. You know when a turkey fans out and yeah. starts strutting? Yeah. Even though turkeys are dumber than freaking, I don't even know what they're dumber than. What is a turkey dumber than? I don't than? know. People would say you're, you're wrong on that. Really? I'm they not a turkey see hunter. good. Oh yeah, they can see extremely well. That's why they depend on they their sight. They say if you could smell, if they could smell, you'd never kill one. I don't know about that. I've done quite a bit of, with a camera in front of turkeys that you'd think they'd run off, but they just stand there. Going, what are you doing? Talk like they're from Arkansas. Hold on. How you doing? <laughs> Hold on now. How do you how do you talk when you're from Arkansas? Y'all fixing to go yonder? <laughs> I mess I mess with Terry Demon all the time about what does yonder mean. What is fixing? What is y'all? Like, y'all are fixing to go yonder. Like, y'all, who is, how many is y'all? Is it one or is it 50? Yeah, but y'all say, hey, uh, we're going to go eat, eh? No, that's Can- no, Canada. I've heard, Bla- I've heard. We do it because we're messing with Canadians. Oh, we don't okay. say that out here. That's up north of the border. It's cold, eh? <laughs> y'all might have picked it up from, from going up there. To I Canada. pick up wherever I'm at. I'm the, I'm the adopted son of the South, too. I'm in Arkansas. I'm like, how y'all doing? I'm fixing to go over here and kill these ducks <laughs> yeah. over here. I'm gonna go have some frog legs and some some uh, some uh, some some uh, squirrel brains, and I'm gonna have a couple crawfish at the boil. That'd be South Louisiana. Now it's starting to get up in Arkansas. Though. It's starting craw- to get up. I, I bring them out here, and boy, I love crawfish. I do too. I love them. You want to talk about that for a little while? Remember, remember <laughs> Jeff Foxworthy when he was doing them redneck words, "Witcha did you?" You didn't bring your truck, "Witcha did you?" Yeah. <laughs> All the freaking words. <laughs> so you got. That was the double read. That was the jargon icebreaker, the read and a half. Now pick up that small talk. I want you to turn a little bit more because I don't want to. I don't. I don't like to annoy people. But I want to lean on the on the, Wait, on that's the icebreaker. A, on the double read, you're going to lean on a on a read and a half double on. read right now. See that call can get it. That's amazing. Really loud for a double read. Not many can do that. No, absolutely not. And, you know, the fee call on it, again, normally on a double read, a fee call is really hard. It's really hard to blow, which is. I got a double read right here. I think. What kind of defeats the purpose of a double read because you're trying to make it user friendly for, you know, uh, an individual to blow, but yet, the, you know, it's real easy to blow quacks on. I think the double read, the way it's tuned, you know, normally, historically, mm-hmm. is it's tuned to where for a guy that's going ticka 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 tick. 
Oh, I don't like that. I don't either. Okay. So are you using the front of your mouth or the back of your mouth on your feed chatter for a double read? Or are you doing the same one you use with a single read? So your throat. I'm trying to hang the call up and it took everything I had. And the, the only time that I could hang that double read up is by putting too much, like yeah, closing off the exhaust, pressure. too much back pressure. Uh-huh. I hung it up, but it, that took everything I had. I kept trying to stick it. that sound sounds good are you promised no it really does are you sure don't you find that that double read is just so user friendly i like it but i don't want to tell people i blow a double it doesn't read. matter we'll put small talk on yours <laughs> and, and then just, i'll sound yeah. like a duck finally that's not a bad idea for that's any weird. guys out there that don't want to feel like they're blowing a double read <laughs> we'll go ahead and put small talk on it <laughs> on your insert and i we'll don't think it's I, I think that we need to break that image that it's bad to be a it's double reader bad. marty hesh is Who a double cares? reader you know, I yeah. know he blows single read sometimes, but he well, loves he blowing double read now. But Does he? Yeah, he loves small talk. Is Marty Hesh one of the funniest dudes in the world? Absolutely. I wonder if we called him, if he would answer because I would like to. I would like to get, I would like to get the, the Marty Hesh on the phone, and. Just see if he just to say hello. Sometimes I do this, and sometimes they don't. They don't answer because when they see my the chances of people picking up when they see my name or something. Oh my god, first ring. Hello? What are you doing? Hey, do you like jargon duck calls? Yes, I own one of every color. <laughs> We're on a podcast live right now. Oh my god, why would you call me this time of night on a podcast? <laughs> well, it's earlier where I'm at. I'm on the West Coast. How's everything going, Marty? Chris Cifrio's out here from the court. You know, the guy with our duck call shop, and he flew he flew out, and he's in the studio with me right now. I've seen y'all with calling at some pictures. I thought y'all might have lost your mind earlier on social media. <laughs> we did, really. Ask him how much he really likes during duck calls. Be honest. Do you, honestly, Marty, do you like him? It, it, it's funny, because actually I knew y'all weren't in the wild working ducks, because one of them actually cupped up in that chicken. <laughs> <laughs> Do you, do, you, do you honestly like jargon duck calls, Marty? Be honest. Yeah, I love them. Everybody, I, everyone that's blown them uh, loves them. We're fans here in Northeast Arkansas. Need to get me a big batch. You know, they're easy to sell during duck season. This year, we'll have them ready. We're going to be in that new spot. Going to be around some new people. Oh, I can't wait. Was that, was, I don't know if that was, but was that an invite? Was that an invite? Oh, yeah. <laughs> I wish I was at the corner right now cooking crappie with you. Man, it's, uh, we're ready. It's just around the corner. Uh, quit raining. Yeah, we need less rain. 
All right. Well, I just wanted to say hello, and uh, we uh, wanted to hear your voice, and I will let the guys in Nashville know about the birthday party. All right, man. That sounds good. I'll holler at you. Daughter, just come on over. I'm going to try. Send me send me the invitation on a on a text. You, you, I know you. You feel like you can come and all that. No, I'd, I'd love to be there. Well, you might want to get rock out. I'll be trying to get a little bigger time. He's used to well, I'll, I'll get in touch with them guys and let them know, and then we will see you soon at the corner. Sounds good, bud. Thank you, Dad. Take Thanks, it easy, Marty. Old Marty Hash. Do they come any better than him? Oh, no. He's awesome. He loves he's too, always man. good. He loves he's always it. good vibes, ain't he? Yeah. If you like pina colada, <laughs> getting caught in the rain. If you're not into yoga, if you have half a brain. Hey, look at this. If you like making love at midnight, if this gig don't work out, dude, in the please tell me you'll go, cape, go get your dental degree. You know, I'm the one that you or... long for. <laughs> come with me and escape. You don't like that song? I bet you. Oh, like, I love the song. I bet you like come, I come, like, come, 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 chameleon. You come and go. My, my thing is some, uh, you know, here lately, man, I have been listening to Jamie Johnson constantly. Grandpa, what's this picture here? It's all black and white. It ain't real clear. Is that you there? He said, yeah, I was 11. <laughs> or do you like, uh, I want to rock right now. I'm Chad B and I came to get down. I'm not internationally known, but I'm known to rock this microphone because I get stupid. I mean, outrageous. Stay away from me if you're contagious because I'm a winner. No, not a loser. To be an MC is what I choose. Her. Ladies love me. Girls adore me. I mean, even the ones that never saw me like the way that I rhyme at a show. The reason why, man, I don't know. So let's go because. <laughs> <laughs> that's, you're wide open all the time that's, that's just a little hip-hop i'm just i'm just bringing i could do it i could do andrea bocelli i could do Pavarotti, or i could do dean martino when the moon hits your eye like a big pizza pie that's amore hey, when just, the stars make you drool like the pasta fazul you're in love Como se dice in Italiano, a duck hunter. La cacciatore di Anatra. The duck hunter. La cacciatore di Anatra. Capiche? Capiche. All right, I'll make you an offer you can't refuse. <laughs> <That's right. laughs> Cut your mallard's head off and put it in your bed with you. You. <laughs> Jeez. Am I, that's ADD. I don't want to ride a bike. <laughs> Do you think I have ADD? Talking about duck calls, then Marty, then Crappie, <laughs> yeah. and then movie lines. I like it all. I like movies. I like music. I like hip hop. I like. I mean, you know how big of a Guns N' Roses fan I am. You want me to sing Guns N' Roses? No, no. It's not there. <laughs> all right, back to what we were talking about. With I'm starving. God, I'm always hungry. I know. I'm starving. I'm in the mood. Plain and simple. I need food. Slide to the kitchen and stuff my face, leaving not one is, crumb in the place. Is you should have set that Traeger, put the temperature at. We could have put. I'm going to cook lunch tomorrow. I'm going to cook a Traeger lunch tomorrow. I'm going to cook you a little tri-tip. You ever heard of tri-tip? In the South, they don't have it. What is that? It's a piece of beef. I'm going to educate you on tri-tip tomorrow. Reverse seared with this rub by my boy Chad Ward at Whiskey Bent Barbecue down there in Florida. He came up with this rub called the Rocks. He's got a couple different variations coming out now, but it's called the Rocks. It is the best red meat beef rub or on ducks, elk, deer. There, There's some wild game rubs out there that are just as good, but on beef, this rub is unreal. It tastes like you marinate the steak in butter almost. Like it is so, and there's, really? no, there's no marinade. There's no olive oil. There's no butter. 
no margarine, nothing except this dry rub massaged into this tri-tip or a T-bone or a ribeye or a New York or a filet, and you eat it, and you're like, good Lord. Like, I'm that's a amazing. Guy. So we'll get some filets tomorrow on your credit card. Yeah. Like, if you just said that you're a top sirloin dude, I'd yeah, have bought. I'm a top sirloin dude, <laughs> You are. You're a flank steak, dude. If you were a steak, you'd be a flank. So when I was blowing that double read, did it sound yeah. all right? Yeah. Absolutely. Promise? Yes, sir. What would what would you say I need to work on besides my overall appearance? Slowing down. Slowing down? I was going yeah, let's, slow. Let's, let's try to slow down. All right. Let me find a double read. This yeah, is a double read just... right here. Oops. Whoa, whoa, whoa. Like dominoes. Got so many duck calls in front of me, I don't know what to do. Oops. Dude, quit hitting that mic, bro. Sorry. Your biceps are so big. Man, <laughs> <laughs> pumping iron, man. Like Tommy Boy. You know where the gym is? Yeah. He's like that, filling yeah. in that line yeah. and it says, it says our, the signers of the Declaration of Independence, blank Hancock, and he writes Herbie. <laughs> Instead of John, Herbie Hancock. That's an easy one. You don't remember that movie oh, yeah. either? No, I remember that. Did I hear a niner in there? Are you talking on a walkie-talkie? You're the one with the candy-coated shell, Richard. Shut up. You don't remember that? Oh, yeah. Okay, double read. Slowing down. <clears throat> okay, I'm going to do my best. I'm going to scoot away from this microphone. I'm going to turn the mic away from me a little bit. Even slower than that. Killing you not to go fast. So what I mean. That's on a double read. that suck uh, that's good but i'm um, i need to um, i'm looking up the definition right now of slow for you <laughs> that slow, was slow. slowing down that was slow was it slow and low that so is, is the slow. tempo this is slow <laughs> fee call slow that was much slower than what i was doing really i don't think so we're gonna play it back this is all being recorded yeah. so i'll catch you in a lie yeah <laughs> immediately already putting guilt on me so that was the small talk or that was yeah, a loud mouth that was small talk so was it much different i i can't tell a whole lot of difference okay, so i'm side to side right here watch wait turn a little small talk. turn away a little bit more from the mic all the way so i can't see your face small talk i don't want to see your face at all a little bit more i still see your cheek more 
Okay, there. Keep going, keep going. That was a small talk. I want to hear a little bit more. Okay, now go to the double read. This, now that was a single read small talk, which is our small bore single read. Now this is an icebreaker, the double read. That double read sounds good, but I, I personally, when you switched, I knew right away that you were, even though you told me you were, I could tell the difference in sitting in the studio and hearing it. It's hard when you, I would call up Tim Grounds or somebody back in the day, Freddie, and blow a call over the phone for him. It's hard to hear the duckiness or the goosiness in a call over the phone or over a, over a podcast. But in real life, sitting here with you, I can tell the difference, and I appreciate the sound of the small talk more than I do the icebreaker. The icebreaker sounds elementary. It sounds um, very monotone, kind of like what you're talking about, Johnny Cash's. Oh, am I going back into singing? Oh, no. Stop. I walk into a burning ring of fire. And he just sounded like that on all them songs. Right? I love Johnny Cash. But out of all of those guys that I call the four tenors, right, the highwaymen, Chris Christopherson, which probably has one of the worst voices in country music history, but I love him to death. And he is probably the best songwriter in country music history, one of them. But he couldn't sing very good, in my opinion. He wrote me and Bobby McGee. Busted flat and Baton Rouge. I headed for the train. Remember that song? Mm-hmm. You need to hear that one. Then you got Johnny Cash, who's a stud. Then you got Willie, whose voice is awesome and very distinctive, right? On the road again. I just can't wait to get on the road. I don't know mm-hmm. how I know that nasally schnell. And then you got the best of all time, in my opinion. It's an argument right there between Merle Haggard and then the fourth highwayman, Waylon Jennings. Waylon G.D. Jennings. You know who he is? Oh, yeah. God, is he pretty. Like, the way he sings, you're just like, and he, he put no effort into it. He just That was his voice. Like, Jamie. When Jamie talks, he sounds like when he's singing. Jamie's got one of the best voices in country music history. Stapleton's arguably the best right now. Jamie Johnson was our Chris Chris or was our Chris Stapleton before Chris was Chris, right? Like, Jamie Johnson is a badass. But you hear that monotone of the Johnny Cash kind of voice. That's what that icebreaker reminds me of. It's funny that you brought that up. It it reminds me of just one duck where that, the, there's so much versatility in that loud, or in that small talk and that loud mouth, just I can get duck out of my double read, out of this icebreaker, but I feel so much duckier on a small talk or a loud mouth. Does that make any sense at all? 
Yeah. Or am I confusing you? I know that you're an Arkansas educated person. Oh, kid. <laughs> I'm going to piss off everybody. Nobody in Arkansas is going to buy that car now. I know. Just kidding, Arkansas. I'm, I'm from Arkansas now. I mean, I'm not originally from there, but. You're from Louisiana. Yeah. What is the correct way to pronounce? Is Louisiana. Lu- no, Louisiana. It's, it's Louisiana. Louisiana. Or Louisiana. Louisiana. Y'all ever been down there to Baton Rouge? Hey, that's where I'm from. You know what Baton Rouge means? Yeah. The little red stick, yeah. right? Yeah. It was something to do with the war, right, down there. There was something to do. If you read up the history on the oh, Baton yeah, Rouge, and on. then there was something to do with the Pepper Company, MC What's the company's name that makes Tabasco at Avery Island? Avery Island. Uh, yeah, but there's a company that makes that. Tabasco. It's not Tabasco, I don't think. I don't know if that's the name of the company. I might. Isn't it like JW? God, I don't know. But anyway, they on. use a Baton Rouge to go out and and de- depict the color of their peppers. And when it's that perfect color of that red stick, the red stick is Baton Rouge. They hold it up to the peppers and they know that they're ripe and ready to be picked when they are that color of that. That's where, how they- Where did you read this up at? Man, I'm, I, dude, I'm telling you, look it up. I've been to Avery Island. I've been to Lafayette. I've been to crawfish boils all over Baton Rouge and Gonzales and New Orleans and Venice and all the way down to the coast and catching them tunas and stuff. I love Louisiana. I'm the adopted son of the South. Y'all come back now here. And I, I, it's some of the best food. I mean, you just... Not, some you, of. You, there's not better food in America. No, there's not. There's Fish not. is my favorite food anyway. Red I fish. love sushi. I'm a sushi freak, and I love pho. I love Vietnamese soup with, like, a little bit of cow tongue in it or brain or tendon. The tendon on a cow is like eating butter. Oh, it's yeah. so good. Or just rare steak. You put the rare steak in there raw, and then it cooks itself in that hot broth. Getting broth on pho is tough to do. But fish, Louisiana, the way Louisiana's cook, a lot of it gets, you know, there's a lot of butter involved and a lot of, but the way they spice it up, the gumbos, the etouffees, all of that stuff, red beans and rice, it's amazing talent to make a good roux from scratch absolutely just like it is to make a good italian gravy for pasta or a good gravy for biscuits tomato gravy leith lofton's mom in mississippi makes a tomato gravy make you slap your mama like you're like really? speaking of slap your mama they sell it out west now the seasoning salt we've had tony chasseries for a while now they sell slap tony your mama sasseries is it chasseries how do you pronounce it sasseries no i'm gonna argue that too no tony sasseries sasseries hmm. um boudin Jambalaya. Oh, I got boudin. That's what we're going to eat for lunch tomorrow. I got seafood. I got crawfish. I got boudin burritos. Oh, I got, I'm so glad you said that. Tomorrow we're going to have mule deer steaks and boudin for lunch on the train. Boudin. 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 Booty. <laughs> Y'all got any of that booty over there? Crackling. Crack. Oh, those are good too. Yeah, they are. But that's like a freaking heart attack waiting to happen. It is, but you eat, I mean. Two of them. Two of them, your cholesterol goes to 190. No oh, yeah. problem. Absolutely. But you've been in that drive-through line at McDonald's know, for about ten months in a row. Big Macs. You. I'm waiting to get back on them Big Macs. Are you really? Yeah. During the hunting season. Um, it's got like a thousand calories in a Big Mac. Okay, so we're we're on this roll on these podcasts. We did one earlier today. We did that on camera for the new jargon branding video getting ready to be released by TFL Productions in the calendar year of 2019. Get ready. As we scour the continent for the world's best duck hunters and best duck call operators, Chris Sifrio finds his way through the flooded timber of Arkansas in his edge boat with a mud motor on it, not saying which brand at this time right now. He looks for mallard ducks as the sun comes up. He feels that wind on the back of his neck. He tastes that hot coffee out of that tumbler cup from Gator as he applies his hand to the top of the head of his dog, Lexi. 
This is the life and times of Chris Sifrio. He set a new world record in the town of Searcy, Arkansas. He ate 73 Big Macs in seven <laughs> minutes. To be continued. I can't even get that voice. Those guys that do those Hollywood trailers for movies, they're so badass. Coming at you in the summer of 2019, Chris Sifrio attacks the Whopper. He conquered the now Big it's Mac. The Whopper, huh? <laughs> I hate Burger King. Really? With a passion. Won't even go. Won't even. When I know there was one coming up on the road, I'll I'll look the other way. I'll roll up the window so I don't smell it. That's how bad oh, that place. Like Burger King. Let me tell you something else that pisses me off. I don't like people that don't use Heinz ketchup at restaurants. I told my buddy that that owns yeah. restaurants. You got to have Heinz. He uses Hunts. Yeah. No, he uses French's because they make mustard. Like French's mustard is no. He uses Heinz mustard and 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 no. I don't know what he uses, but I know it ain't Heinz ketchup. You don't trust people that don't eat Heinz, right? <laughs> If you go into a lady's house and she has hunts in the refrigerator, you leave. You can't trust that family. Agreed? You don't agree? (laughs) It's taken a little too deep, huh? (laughs) I have developed a distaste for you and your family over the ketchup. I'm taking my wife right now. Take the hunts out of the refrigerator. Dude, I've heard stories about the hunts. I ain't even going to go on record of saying anything. This has been another episode of This Life Ain't For Everybody with my partner and co-founder of Jargon Game Calls, Jargon Duck Calls. Chris Cifrio, C-I-F-R-E-O. If you guys want some instruction, y'all pay attention. We got new digital stuff coming out on our website. We have another idea that we're getting ready to announce. We're so proud of it. We're getting ready to do it in the duck calling and goose calling instructional world. Instagram, you're going to find some calling videos and instruction on there. And episodes of season 11 of The Foul Life airing right now on the Outdoor Channel, you will find calling tips and instructions. We're not done yet. We're going to keep these podcasts coming. I have some more stuff to go over with Chris, including our what I wanted to get through today, but I'm starving. We were going to get to our marketing plans for Jargon and what we're going to be doing, the ambassadors and the pro staff. I hate that word pro staff that we're going to be adding to help us spread the love, grow the community, speak that jargon, right, Chris? It's jargon. What is it? The specialized vocabulary amongst a group of people, pilots, surgeons, military, baseball players. What else speaks jargon? Everybody has their own jargon, Everybody. right? You don't go into an operating room and listen to a doctor talk and understand it unless you're trained in that jargon. That's Period. right. Same with duck hunting. Duck hunters are the best. I love talking like that. <laughs> Deer hunters aren't the best. They're cool. They're nice. But if you had to choose a friendship between myself or Michael Waddell, who are you going to pick? Michael Waddell is giving away $50,000 right now. So, (laughs) Oh, that's probably Michael Waddell. You base all of our friendship on money? Nah, nah. You're an ass. Michael's cool, but he ain't a duck hunter. He would tell you probably like, Chad's way cooler than me because he hunts ducks and I just hunt deer. I shoot bears. He shoots teal. I mean, think about it. They're teal. He's shooting a bear. It's a freaking bear. Monkey could do that. You ever seen a bear growl? They put their hands up like this with their claws and they go, oh <laughs> try it. <laughs> try it. <laughs> try it. Put your hands up like this and, and what, stick what them out. It, what does it matter if you got <laughs> your hands? <laughs> because you got to imitate a bear. I <laughs> do that. <laughs> Keep supporting us at thefowllife.com. New apparel, new hats available now, and new episodes, like I said before, airing at this time only on the Outdoor Channel. Look for our old episodes and our reruns, our past content on My Outdoor TV. I know it's taken us a while to get to that, but we still have an announcement coming out with MOTV, My Outdoor TV, through the Outdoor Sportsman's Group. Check out our new print ads and the new editions of Gundog Magazine, Wildfowl Magazine for both the Fowl Life and Jargon. We're very proud of them. We're going to get to those print ads on our next podcast for Chris Cifrio, co-founder 
founder of Jargon Game Calls, Chad Belding. This life ain't for everybody. Thank you all again so much. It's about in the air. It's